I, I thank God that I have a, a, um, a, a really good daughter. I have grown kids as well. Um, um, I have all, all my kids are really good, you know? And I said, you know what? I may be, you know, at the time I said, you know what? I may be bust ass broke right now. I said, but in a year I could be back up. You know, I said, find the right partners, help people do the right things, you know? Yeah. Uh, I lay on the scale, you gotta glow, gotta glow. I'd like to welcome everyone to another episode of the Let's Get Podcast. I'm your host, Zeke. In this episode, I have Troy Hippolito to speak about entrepreneurship and his journey in business. You can find more information about him by clicking the link in the description below. I'd like to give a content warning for any channel names used in this episode. I hope you have a nice day and enjoy the show. So, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Ezekiel. Hey. So... Before we get started, would you like to introduce yourself quickly so the audience knows who you are? Yeah, my name is uh, Troy Hippolito. Um, that last name comes from my father. He's Filipino. So thanks, Dad. I got teased as a little kid, you know, as a little kid. He'd say, um, aren't you supposed to be fat, you know, because of Hippolito. <laughs> so, so I fought a lot as because I'm a, I'm a, I was a little kid, so I had to get in a lot of fights. <laughs> um, so that's my name. Um, I grew up in Virginia, but I've been all around the world. I'm in Atlanta now. I lived um, uh, Okinawa, Japan, um, um, Philippines, uh, California, um, Florida, Georgia, um, Chicago, you name it. You know, I've been there. I was also in the Army, so I have quite a bit of experience, uh, married and divorced. So I have some great kids um, and some probably bad experiences. <laughs> For a lot of guys that went through that so you know it's life yeah cool so now we're getting to the first question what would your origin story be and how would you like to represent it so it could either be a real or fake story well i think there's nothing more interesting than than reality you know you know people see what did that happen you know and i don't really want to get too far into it but i think that if i had an origin story or a story about my life, it would be a book. And the title of the book would be called On the Edge of Failure, you know, because there's a lot of things that I went through that I have overcome and um, still trying to do certain things in my life. So um, I don't know if, uh, I didn't mention this before, but um, of course I'm, I'm like a lot of people, I'm from a divorced family and I was pretty poor, you know, growing up and I'm of I'm, I'm a mixed race. So my father's Filipino and my mother's from Switzerland. So everyone thinks I'm Latin, you know, and uh, so that causes some confusion. And so when I was growing up, most Filipinos are for the most part well off because they're medical, you know, and uh, I was a mutt and poor. So I was not really accepted um, all the time from um, my Filipino brethren, my Asian brethren, um, white people think I was, you know, Mexican and, uh, I dated outside my race. So, uh, a lot of, a lot of black guys didn't like that either. And so I always felt like, you know what, if you're going to do something, you know, do it because you want to, don't worry about what other people think. And so that's how it allowed me to get over a lot of different things. So I was in the army, um, I was a software engineer, um, software developer. I was a graphic designer, and that's a little left brain, right brain type stuff, and um, which is a little unusual. And so I started. I was a creative director of another company, and I started my own company. And we made video games, uh, really, really cool stuff. Uh, until it hit, until it wasn't so cool because every time we hired someone, we get them in low because making video games or gamification. It's like the rock star programming, you know, people loved it. I had a nice little office, uh, less than 2000 square feet. We had about eight to 15 people in there at one time. The programmer and the designers were right next to each other. We were creating virtual world stuff that other people couldn't do. Um, you know, very, very fun thing. The reality was that it's very difficult to produce money in that market. And uh, so, a lot of these uh, younger guys that are really, really talented, 
want to come on board. But after a year of experience, they could triple their income at IBM because they had all this experience. So it kind of left me high and dry. It was, a, it was a bit rough. And then Atlanta changed in general. I'm in Atlanta right now. I've been in Atlanta for quite a while. And uh, a lot of these larger companies that we did work for, they, um, they are a little more on the corporate side. So they no longer use agencies. They, they brought the team inside to cannibalize them. And so the whole agency model went, went to hell. It was very difficult. So you were coming around making, you know, as a small company making $40,000, $80,000 gross a month, uh, having a nice little team there. It's a fun environment. We built it out. We all had Nerf guns. You know, we're having uh, just a, just the, the magical moment, you know, uh, in, in the business and it goes and it all halts. And so these agencies start fighting each other. Um, you know, you couldn't get in business. It's, it's much different than New York or L.A. Those they depend on agencies, you know. And so we're, you know, pretty small fries. Uh, we had to figure out how are we going to get work? And I had a colleague of mine that had a similar business and uh, his name was Feta. He was in, I think, Argentina at the time. He moved to New York. And I, and I said, Feta, um, how are you getting all this work, man? Um, my, my stuff is much better than yours. I was just messing with him, you know. Um, he says, um, LinkedIn. I said, what? He said, LinkedIn. So I ran to my other buddy and he was in New Jersey and he was a sales guy. And um, he said, yeah, Troy, all my customers come from LinkedIn. I said, I thought LinkedIn was something for resumes. <laughs> like, I don't know what, what the, you know, and I realized it was really about building relationships, like old fashioned dating. I don't know if anyone knows old fashioned dating. That means get to know them before you proceed very small steps. Right. And uh, I was I was a terrible dater. You know, I saw something, I just went and got it. That's my attitude. If, if there was a problem, a lot of times I know the solution before the question came up. So uh, I think very quickly. I know, I know what I do. I'm an expert in all these different areas, and I'm good at what I do. But I was a terrible dater. And so a lot of times, if you know the answer before the question, you move too quickly, it's too fast for people. They don't know you from Adam, right? And it scares. It's like walking up to this beautiful woman saying, I find you very attractive. I want to have two babies with you, right? You probably get smacked, you know? And, and business is the same way. You don't, you don't want to go uh, in there and sell. You just want to get to know that person. And once they get to know you, they start digging in a little bit. And then if they have a need for what you're doing, they'll raise their hand. And because that personal connection. So you have to build that relationship. So what I did was, you know, since I was a, a software architect, uh, I built the, the, the steps in order to date for LinkedIn and to figure out what was appropriate. And that's what I do with clients. I have, I have the hiring clients where I have this LinkedIn accelerator program. And if you have high value services, I help you convert if you're the right client. I only take on one or two clients a month. That's it. Uh, because it's a lot of work. Uh, and we have a team, of course, but we don't really want to take more than that. And then we have our courseware. So we have LinkedIn courses and that we're currently engaging with people that have high volume of clients and stuff so we can make money on that end. So my idea is you need to have multiple streams of revenue, but you can't be all things to all people. Start start with one, then expand to another and that sort of thing. And so those things are, are, are working out uh, really, really well. And I said, well, if it works out good for me, you know, I can help other people do it. And then we, we created the Troy Agency. The Troy Agency helps uh, a lot of companies on LinkedIn, especially if you have high value services, um, um, high ticket items and things like that. So I have a certain requirement to uh, work with clients uh, because at the end of the day, some of my mistakes, mistakes were picking up the wrong client because most clients are not that great. They will talk to talk, but they won't do the things they need to do in order to convert. And so what we're not, we're not a sales team. 
we get everything in front of you. We prep you. We, we show you how to communicate. We show you how to book that meeting. You know, we give you that day-to-day -day process. We have a linked CRM that centralizes data, makes your life a lot easier. Um, and then we even help you get to those the point with those meetings. But we're not there to, to sell your stuff, right? So a lot of clients have problem building that relationship. They just want to sell. And I always I always tell them, I said, look. If you have a service that you're paying, someone's paying $1,000 or more a month on per client, it's compound, right? So you got 10 clients, it's $1,000, you know, it's, uh, it's 10 grand a month, you know, each time you get one, it compounds up. It's, it's a really great model. But these clients are not going to put that kind of money into you if they don't know you. I said, you know, so you need to have the attitude of just helping people. You know, don't go overboard and do all this extra work, but have certain certain slots of time to help individuals, because there's only three one of three things that can happen. Number one, you put out good energy in the universe. You know, they can never talk bad about you. You help someone out. Right. That actually feels good. It actually helps you motivate stuff. The second thing is they do what you say and you solve their problem. Just fix their problem. And once they get into it, they said, oh, you know what? I have 23 other problems that only Troy can fix. I'm going to go back to him and I'm going to hire him, you know? And that third thing, that third thing is like, you know what? They like you so much, they send a recommendation. Someone recommends you to someone else is a much easier time to convert and sell. Much easier than tooting your own horn. So you have other people talking about you. So I said, just, just think about that. Build that relationship and understand what the litmus test is. You, do you know what a litmus test is? Where it's that little piece of paper you put in there and it changes color as a test. This is for, for, for a lot of different things. And um, so the litmus test um, to have someone to be potentially doing business with you, that would be equal to, does this person want to have a drink with you at a fancy bar? That's it. And you got to think, think about that. If we are during these pandemic times, we're, we're a little cautious about who we talk to, right? We're a little tighter on our money, uh, on our secret. We need to make things work. So if I can go out and have a beer with you, well, I drink liquor, but you get what I'm saying. Go out and have a drink with you. I'm gonna spill my. I'm gonna spill the beans somehow. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about me, what I'm doing, what my problems are. I'm trusting you enough to have that conversation with me. That's the litmus test to actually engaging in business. Do they actually like you? So those three things, uh, um, they get to know you, they get to like you, and then later on they get to trust you. They know, like, and trust. I'm sure you heard that before, but it's true. How long does that take and how do you do that? Well, for different industries, it's, it's a different process, but it's not all about connecting on LinkedIn and pitching them. That's like the worst thing you can do. LinkedIn is a, a true networking place. That's what they intended it to be. And to really network is just to understand who they are and, and potentially how to help them, you know, if they need some kind of help for whatever it is and just get to know them, you know? Um, and so that really works well on LinkedIn. Something as simple as if I want to really get a high percentage of connection rates, right? Say, say I'm sending these connection requests out, but say Johnny here, I want to talk to Johnny. I really, cause he has, Johnny has a great network and I want to get to know Johnny, but I don't want to send him a connection press right away. Maybe I want to look at his post two or three times in a week. Maybe I want to engage with his post and engage with his audience, you know? And then if Johnny replies to me, he already knows who I am. It, whether he knows it or not, he knows who I am. It's going to be planted in the back of his mind. It, and then after two or three uh, conversations on a post, then maybe it's appropriate to reach out to him in a message or a connection message or a direct message or whatever on LinkedIn. And your percentage goes from like low 15% all the way 85, 95%. Now, you not just increase the ability to be connected with that person, you've already moved that relationship down the line. And so that thought process really works, especially if you have a, a real business. You know, if you're really converting business, 
LinkedIn is a very hot place to be, you know, um, because there's money there and there's people that, that need a lot of times in certain services. And so on the other end, that person that's connecting with, you know, with me, you know, say his name is Johnny. He needs to figure out, is this guy legitimate? He may check out your profile. He may check out your client testimonials. You know, he want to see who you are. Uh, he might want to look at your network. You know, there's all sorts of great reasons to connect with me. I have a huge network. Um, I have a stellar profile. And so you have to think, what are the things that I need to do to be successful on LinkedIn? Well, having a giving mentality is one of them, but having your ducks in a row is another, having a plan. So the first thing that people always forget is your profile. There's a 50% chance they're going to look at your profile before they connect with you. You know, um, if anyone of any value, anyone has a valuable network, anyone has, that has money, you know, all these other people may connect with you for, for, you know, because just to, to connect. Um, but I don't even accept most connections. 70% of people who send me connection requests. I don't do it, you know, because I don't want my network to be tainted. You know, I want to work with people that has, uh, that have a positive influence in my network, you know, and I even connect with other LinkedIn people. People said, Troy, that's crazy. You connect with your own connection, with your own competition. I said, no, they're not competition. They can be partners. You know how there is, you know how big LinkedIn is? They have over 700 million people. You can't really, you can't really, you know, have a comp competition there. And besides, my profile is probably better, better than his anyway, you know? And, and so when you're designing your profile, you got to figure out what's going to make you stand out. So people say, oh, I just do this profile quickly. No, it takes a lot of work. You got to have SEO compliance, your, your taglines in there, your banner, your flow. And then once you get that profile tightened up, you understand your market better. And then you go out and you're targeting your individual market. You're creating your campaign messages, your initial campaign messages. Uh, and then the fourth thing is um, you can create a day-to-day -day process. So how can you convert on LinkedIn without being on LinkedIn all day? We have businesses to run. So that's kind of what I do uh, on LinkedIn side. I'm pretty excited about it because I actually get to help other individuals. Nice. I'm sorry. I talk a lot, man. <laughs> <laughs> Take a second to process all of that. Yeah. That's okay. awesome. So I guess, and so let me say, a lot of times in life, you always had to pivot. So what was kind of like that in the moment feeling of pivoting to something else before we get to later things? Yeah. So I pivoted from my, um, my company that was developing games to my LinkedIn company um, out of a need. You know, I couldn't get business. I had a ton of awards. We did Coca-Cola. We did Xbox mobile movie releases and work on all those different things. We even did a Harry Potter virtual world and had, I think we had like 200,000 kids register on it. It was free. We weren't charging anything. It was more of fan based stuff, but we did a lot of fun stuff that I enjoyed. But at the end of the day, um, the world's changed. Everybody and their mom was a graphic designer and said they can do this. So it really didn't matter how good we were. And, you know, we were not able to um, um, generate business in that current model. We had to convert and then build relationships. And it worked so well, we said, you know, let's do it for other people. And that point was a major shift because life changes, the world changes, you have to change along with it, you know? And it really opened my eyes because again, uh, I'm very direct. I'm type A, you know, oh, well, I have some type A traits and I had to slow down and, and even realize I can't do this by myself. I'm very smart. I have a, a multi-talented, but at the end of the day, people don't give a F how smart you are. You know, if they don't like you, they're not going to work with you. That's it, you know, and uh, it's much harder to do things yourself. So you get partners and get partners you can trust. There's a lot of partners that, that talk smack. I'm going to do this and that. I, I don't do passive arrangements. You know, um, I do arrangements where it benefits them first. You know, uh, I'll give you an example. I wanted to create this courseware. But it's a lot of work. 
And I got other stuff going on too, you know? So how can I convert this course into something that people like? I said, well, people like me, you know? Um, I said, let me, let me hook onto another LinkedIn guy that I trust and give him some business, right? I said, you know, half of this is email, email deliverability. I said, let me hook up with this guy that does email deliverability and, and output on the, the email side. So I'm LinkedIn side, does email side. And then let me position this other LinkedIn guy to, to get some business, right? So Ed Forteau was my, my email person. And then Jean, Jean-Michel, he, he's a French guy, he lives in Texas. So he's my LinkedIn guy because he's a professor. I'm not a professor, you know, I'm a doer. Uh, I have a degree, but I don't have a, uh, I don't have a PhD, right? I said, well, he was literally a rocket science. I can use that, right? His stuff doesn't look as good as mine. I said, but you know what? That's a good blend. So his opinions aren't always the same thing as mine, but we have crossover and that creates good energy, right? So I said, Jean-Michel, I'm going to redo my profile, but I need your help, right? I, I really didn't need his help. But <laughs> I said, I need your help, man. He said, yeah, sure. I said, okay, great. Can we record this? He said, sure. And he was talking for like an hour on all these things. And, and 90% is like, there's 10% overlap. Oh, no, there's 90% overlap, but there's 10% new stuff, you know, because we're just different people. And I said, that's great. And I, I took his video and I chopped it up and I created like seven, seven videos. And I created a LinkedIn article and I created a series of stuff for him, right? He got, he got several clients out of it. He was so happy, right? Because, you know, with a, with a profile update, I charge $2,500. I said, yeah, you should. He said, well, what do you charge? I said, well, I, I charge 35, but I do a lot more. I do data process, targeting, all this other, and I prep them for my LinkedIn CRM. You know what I mean? So uh, I get paid up front and then I do a monthly to help them continually consulting and, and churn, excuse me, churn business, churn um, to turn up their business and stuff. Um, and, uh, so we're talking about that. He goes, well, I got clients. Are you okay with that? I said, sure, go ahead. And he goes, you know, th- this might be a good course. I said, I know. I said, I have this show. I have like 3000 people already signed up for it, you know, and I have a monthly show. It's called the Troy show. And it's all about LinkedIn stuff. Do you want to talk about that? He said, yeah. I said, okay, let, let's, let's talk about it. And we're talking about this things, right? Profile update all this other stuff. And I said, uh, to tell, and end the court, and end of the um, free, the free show. I said, uh, we have a paid course, a live paid course. It's hundred bucks, you know. And we had, an, and the idea was have the audience pay for your time to build the course. I'm not doing that stuff for free because it's, it's a, you know, it, it's it's a lot of work. So we did it, and we did three days, and then I did three days on my course, right? And his was profile, mine is how to use LinkedIn, right? So they go together really well. And then we're doing some career coaching type stuff as well. So we have about nine hours of video. We chop it up, create a course, and then we're talking to people. And people said, hey, I have, I have uh, one person said, I have a 3 million people of followers, right, on, on my social media. I don't know what that means. Yeah, they don't really have emails, it's kind of hard to convert, but it's a lot of followers, you know? So we're talking to them. We have another person say, hey, we have a job site, but the only people on our job site are people that are seeking 150K and up jobs, high-end jobs. I said, wow, how many people do you have? A million? I said, that's my market. Because they're going to be using LinkedIn and they can pay for this course, you know? And so if it wasn't for these guys, and then and Ed's sending all the emails to make the show go well, you know? Uh, I said, it wasn't for these partners I couldn't have done any of this stuff. And you have to think about that. Uh, is this a partner I can trust? You know, are we gonna be working together? Are we not gonna be so greedy? You know, you have to find those uh, relationships that really convert. And at the end of the day, I kind of feel that this course is gonna bring me, you know, a quarter of a million dollars on top of what I'm doing on my business. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm small for that's a lot of money for me, you know? I don't know what it is. I'm making up these numbers, but you got you got to think if there's if someone has a million subscribers, what's the percentage you think will convert? They got an actual email. What's the what's your opinion on what will convert? Right? It's just like ten percent, 
Only 20? Say 1%. Just say 1%. Who gets the email? Who doesn't? Who has the money? Is it the right audience? Just say 1%, right? Hypothetically, if someone had a million emails and we're sending those out, right? And, um, and the course is 497, you give them a discount 250, right? That's $2.5 million off 1%. And I wouldn't even be able to have that discussion unless I had those partners. And because we create this buzz and, and then say, oh yeah, we have this thing and they have the need and they wanna make money too. So if someone has a million subscribers that would pay 250 for a LinkedIn course, we give them 25%. So even if we split it four ways, you're, we're, that's a lot of money. Think about that. You know, that's, that's uh, you know, uh, I hate to, that, that's, uh, that's, that's go out stripper money. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of money, you know what I mean? <laughs> so so uh, you have to really think about those partnerships and stuff, you know? Uh, and, and also you have to realize who to cut off. That's another thing I learned during the pandemic. I cut off a lot of females. So I'm a single dad and I've been a single dad the last two years and I don't want any creeps near my family. So my goal is just to make my money, you know, uh, have a nice relationship, uh, for whoever is going to be when it should be, you know, and cut out all this negativity. Because your life is like, like this, uh, well, Mountain Dew is awful for you, but it's like this cup, right? And, and once it's full, it's full. You got bad stuff, good stuff, whatever in there. And sometimes you got to dump some of it out to add some more good stuff in. And so um, I cut, I had about five or six ex-girlfriends trying to get back. And I'm not saying they're bad people, but they're bad for me. You know, they're, they're not going to help me. They're, they're, they're a lot of takers, you know, a lot of younger women, they, and not all of them, but um, they do what they want, let's say that. And so I don't need that in my life, you know. Uh, even the fellas, you know, um, we used to go out to the little, you know, the little, the bar or whatever on a Tuesday night going out. And um, I said, you know, some of these people are not good for you. You know, uh, they're gonna they're gonna talk talk to your girl behind their back, and they're married dudes and stuff. You know, and me personally, I don't really care if you're married, you gay, you straight, you like two women, whatever. I always want people to be honest and be good to whoever they're dealing with. You know what I mean? That's what I think a good relationship is, right? And so I, you know, I I don't like griminess. I don't like going behind people's back and all that stuff. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to stop hanging out with these people. I'm going to start hanging out with good people, good people that have my back, you know, and I'm not talking about one lifestyle versus another. I'm talking about a lifestyle where they can be honest to who they're with and then how, how everyone can be successful. And so I think that this whole pandemic has helped me with that portion, cut out all the BS. Cause there's no time. There's no time to, to, deal with someone that's going to put negativity in, in your in your mind um go behind your back you know even these females um if, if she's not there for you then just just get rid of it you know and and then and then find find that person that's going to match up and work with you because at the end of the day we live in a finite you know life we're not immortal you know and, and i'm old I'm, I'm 49 years old right I'm like, I need, I need to make enough money to get some stem cells, <laughs> you know, enjoy my life. Uh, I, I don't want to be messing with people, all these takers and stuff. So that would be kind of like my advice. Um, and the book is on the edge of failure uh, because there's times where I made a lot of money and there's times where I was homeless. I lost everything. I found out real quick where my, who my friends were, you know, girlfriend left me. Uh, she made fun of me. You know, I was, I was depressed. I had no place to live. I lost everything, everything. So I, I lived in a, like a storage for, for a while. And I don't want anyone to go through that. And I had to learn the hard way. Like, you know, these people are not good for you. You need to go out there and just give out good energy and deal with good people and find those solutions, you know? So me, I don't like excuses. Everyone said, oh, this happened and this happened and whatever. And they're complaining about whatever, you know? 
Um, uh, I, I thank God that I have a, a, um, a, a really good daughter. I have grown kids as well. Um, um, I have all, all my kids are really good, you know? And I said, you know what? I may be, you know, at the time I said, you know what? I may be bust ass broke right now. I said, but in a year I could be back up. You know, I said, could find the right partners, help people do the right things, you know, help convert, make those things happen. And so that hustle mentality uh, mixed with a little common sense, it makes sense. So a lot of people that aren't making the money, sometimes they get very, very depressed and stuff. And that's normal. But you got to get out of it. You got to make things happen. And you can't depend on everyone else. You know, you have to do what you have to do to get to the to the other stage. Um, one thing that I had a hard time is time with, and I know most humans do, is um, not compromising your morals, you know, your, your beliefs and stuff. So if you're dealing with people that are shady, you're going to get shady stuff happen on your life. You know, you need to get out of that mindset, you know, and it's hard. It's hard because that might be your whole your whole audience. Your, it could be your your parents. It could be your brother and sister. You know, that's holding you back. And all of a sudden you uh, these people don't like you anymore because you're not rolling with them, you know, and everyone's your enemy. And, you, and it's, it's not that easy um, because there's uh, there's there's haters everywhere. You know, can you imagine? Can you imagine this? Uh, I'm five foot seven, right? I'm maybe right now, but one hundred and I, I, I can scrap. Right. But I'm too old. Uh, I cannot be fighting and show up with a black, you know, I don't heal that fast, right? Uh, can you imagine my life where the where, where my own people don't even like me, right? And then I go date whoever I date and, I, I, and I'm, I'm driving around or I'm out somewhere and they don't like me because who I'm with, you know? Uh, there's prejudice and there's hate everywhere, right? But you know what? maybe I should not be hanging out at those places where that's going to happen. You know, um, maybe I shouldn't, you know, uh, do certain things to, to, but at the same time, I'm going to date who I want. I'm just not going to be stupid about it. And uh, I'm going to deal with people that are good people. So finding that, that frame of mind where, I mean, pretty much I can do anything I want. I don't care if I'm broke, making money or whatever, but you have to have that frame of mind where you can kind of move ahead and make those things happen. And sometimes it takes years. It's not an instant overnight success. You know, um, if you're grinding small, just grind tighter until you can get out of that, you know, be good at what you're doing and just um, convert. When I mean convert, I mean deliver. It's not just getting a client. It's not understanding the process. It's executing that process. And the other thing is keeping that client. That's hard. You can get new clients all day, but if you can't keep a client, then there, there's an issue. Even on this business before it was the Troy agency was called return client, a little too corporate for me. But I was picking up clients left and right. They were dropping left and right because a lot of them didn't know how to run a business. It wasn't the fact that they weren't getting exposure. It was the fact that they weren't even replying. They didn't have a process. They didn't want to close deals. And most of these businesses are actually like that. So I can't even work with a lot of these businesses because they're all over the place. They're not really, com they're not committed. They're not really hard work and they think they are, but they're not disciplined. So out of that hundred, the, the 100%, I can only deal with that top 10% that have the right attitude, you know, and the right product in the right situation. Even that tap 10%, um, I only touch on a, a, a little, a small portion of them. And so, and that's okay. So rather I have a lot of clients that are failing going in and out and stuff like that, it's going to limit my money. You know, I rather just take one client a month, one new client a month, and then make money off that and steady. So that frame of mind is uh, so important, you know, uh, give where you can, you know, be honest, um, be good at what you're doing and then have the ability to convert. And the, the fifth thing is make sure that whatever you're converting, you're keeping. 
because delivering on your promises are uh, very short-lived by a lot of these services and stuff. Yeah. So anyway, I'm blabbing. You have any more questions for me? <laughs> and all of that, a lot of things that come up is having a proof of concept. When you were talking to the person who was a professor, you already knew what you can do. And then you went to him saying, it's pretty much made that partnership saying that we both have skills and we both prove that we can use our skills. Now we can work together. Yeah. And then a lot yeah, of He didn't know he was getting involved with. He, he just thought he was, <laughs> he was getting clients. And he was getting them from me. I gave them to him. So I wanted him to, because uh, he wanted to, he wanted to audit my, I was already auditing my profile. Um, but there's some things he said that I didn't even know. Even as a LinkedIn expert, there's always a, you know, there's always a different angle going on it too. So when, when we did that, I used that as a first stepping stone. How can I get him to engage with me? I asked him for a favor. I asked him to audit my profile. And then I used that to get him clients, right? I didn't want his, I didn't want those clients. I wanted, I wanted to give him clients. I want to put money in his pocket. That way he knows where that money's coming from. He knows that I'm serious. He knows that I'm not trying to screw around. I'm not trying to take his money. You know, he knows that, oh, I, I made my money back real quick on this thing, you know? And Troy, maybe you need help with this area for now. I say, yeah, I do need help in that area. He's more likely to help me after I already proven my loyalty, you know? Um, and I don't like being disloyal. And then maybe he's not a certain fit for, you know, certain areas and that's fine, you know, but it's not like I'm going to uh, hurt his business. This is just, there's so many clients out there. So if you can get in a position to help someone else in a way they understand that this dude is helping me get where I'm going, is you have a higher probability this guy wants to stick with you, you know? Um, I have something he doesn't and vice versa, you know? So you wanna figure out um, how can you make a dollar out of 15 cents, literally, you know? Like I got this, but I, I need to do this over here, this big thing. How can I get from there to there and and them, you know, and do it in a way it's sustainable? And, and that's the hard part because you have a lot of people um, trying to do stuff and they're working these deals and they get screwed over real quick because they don't know they're involved with, you know? And how what are the appropriate steps to get to the to these things? And um, how can I everyone protect themselves doing it, you know? I think, uh, like, for example, the music industry, real tough. You know, you got these, um, I don't know, say these beautiful women with with nice voices and they're trying to make it and all that stuff. And they got these producers or whoever or the money people, whoever they are. Oh, you don't take advantage of these women, you know, because, you know, um, um, and then even if you are, you know, uh, a, a male that's doing really well, that whole industry is kind of stacked against you. You know how they cut it out uh, uh what money you're getting to give you money ahead how you need to pay it back the conversions and all that stuff you know they're, they're not really living that lifestyle most of them 99.9 percent .9 of them not living that life they get a little play money you know and they think it's a lot and then they they have they have to produce in order to 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 make it almost be broke you know um same thing with the you know if you're good at basketball what's the chance of you being that nba star you know, just because you're good at basketball, um, it's slim. And so everyone thinks, oh, that's, oh, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be the lottery. Well, I wouldn't think about it like a lottery. A lottery is a chance. You, you know, that's a different, that's a bad attitude. That's a bad way of thinking about it. What you need to think about is how do I get to a successful place? You know, not the fact that certain things are realistic or not realistic, but how can I get here on that first step? where I'm making that little, that little bit of money. And then, and then how do I move from there to there, right? How do I align myself with the right people? So yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, figure out who these, who the right people to work with um, are, and then give them something, you know, give them something where they're gonna wanna keep, continue to work with you. Cause at the end of the day, I think by the end, I think by the end of the year, I'll, I'll make some money off these courses. He's gonna make some money off the courses too. I don't mind. Someone says, oh, they get greedy. And so the, the problem with a lot of um, entrepreneurs that are starting out is you know, they get a little something. They want to keep all of it. You know, 
They said, well, there ain't but, you know, ain't but so many pies. In, uh, we can't split the pie up in so many pieces, right? <clears throat> you know what I tell them? Make more pies. That's it. Definitely. A lot of times it's hard to find, a, like, when you want to work with somebody, but you want them to be genuine. And it's like that first initial step is like, how do I make it a genuine relationship? And that's just a transaction. Yeah, yeah. You have to have a lot of stuff that's understood and a lot of things in the background, you know? Um, and my whole thing was, how do I get from point A to point B? And then how do I help that person doing it? Because at the end of the day, there's very few people going to look out after, look after you. And I hate to say it, though, um, like um, sometimes you have to go outside your comfort zone. You know, sometimes you got to deal with someone that's not your own people or sometimes you do. You got to just know where to go and why to go and, and base it on that in, in, as a level of integrity, you know, uh, of something happening. So you don't want to throw the dice out there for desperation, you know. You need to know what your worth is. And you also don't need to be bloated. You know, um, you don't want to have a big head go out there. You know, you want to have a level of, of being confident, but humble. You know, um, that's just what how I feel. And everyone kind of rolls a little bit differently. Um, but you have to you know, be a little stronger than the next individual. And sometimes you got a lot of stuff just roll off, roll off your shoulder. You know, you can't be worrying about people uh, mad at you or hating at you and stuff like that. You know, I've learned where sometimes it's not worth even arguing with certain people and they want to say something. And I get, you know, there, there's certain things that a little that kind of like poke you, you know, that, that wants you to uh, um, kind of respond to that certain thing. Right. And I had to tell myself. Do I really need to respond to this? This person is pissing me off because they say something off, right? But the energy to explain to them and them don't even, you know, there's such, there, some people are such idiots that they'll clown you for stuff they do. Is it worth engaging? Sometimes you got to disengage, you know, and they'll fall off afterwards. You know, you don't put too much energy, even simple argument. I've got no time for, for BS, you know? Could be simple and simple as like everyday stuff. Like I'm combing my daughter's hair, and I'm brushing brushing her hair from the bottom, but bottom up and all that to get the you know get the kinks out. You don't want to start from the top because it's it kind of hard on their their head, right? And so there's a certain way of doing it. And then someone walks in there, and she sees you on that part, and you get a little kink. Oh, so you shouldn't you shouldn't be combing her hair like that. And she's telling you how to do. I have four kids. I know what to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? And she's telling me, like, you know, you can't be doing it. And she get in my face telling me how to how to comb my, my daughter's hair, right? I could tell her just to fuck off. <laughs> you know, oh, it, it could be a big and, and you know, arguing with a female is difficult nowadays, right? Because you never know. And I'm I'm being hypothetical now. You you get not you right because she's none of your business and you're doing she just happened to see you. Uh, you know, uh, combing in the wrong way, you tell her fuck off and she hits you. You hit her back because I'll knock her out, you know, but I don't want to do that because I'm going to go to jail. <laughs> so something as little as that is just sometimes it's better to say, oh, okay, and move on, just sweep it off because I don't need to fight for every little thing, you know. I need, I'll fight when I know that I'm going to get into it. I have to get into it. But that, but in reality, that's a very rare, that's very rare where you have to fight, you know. Um, a long time ago when I was married, my, uh, my ex-wife cut someone off, well, not on purpose, but the guy was driving, you know, where they have the, the it's not a lane that has the lines on it and all that. So he was just not driving the road. She didn't see him and she, she, she merged properly, but he was too close. He followed us in our complex, you know, on our, on our condo complex. And he's a big guy. I'm a little guy. And I had slippers on. And so he's about 240. And, and I'm going to be tossed all around and she's in his face and everything. Right. And so all I can do is like, you know, I'm a scrap, but it's, I'm at a disadvantage. I already know. But I have to I have to I have to protect my wife because 
she's she's a little hothead or whatever. She's she's like, but she don't know danger. She don't she don't see danger how I see it. So so I get in between it and I get right in his face, and I said, well, we can go right now, but you don't want to go into jail. And 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 then then he he had to think, what what is he talking about? I said, you're the one you're the one drinking. So I had to put one foot. And I had it like I'm a claw. I had to I had to poke his eyes and, and rip his ear off or something because that's the only thing I got right. Because I'm gonna lose that fight. He just he got he's just too big and I'm in slippers. So I got there's there's not much you know. Even though I'm a scrapper, I already know like yeah, this is not gonna work out well for me. And I said he says, what do you mean I'm going to jail? I said you're drinking and driving. I seen you get out the passenger side. So we going or what? And I had to use my mind to get out of it. Because the last thing I want to do is get him. I'll fight him if I have to, but I do not want. He backs out. He apologizes and leaves. Because sometimes you just get rid of it, move on. And because you got a finite amount of energy, use that energy to do good. Use that energy to make some money, you know. And so that's my advice to everyone. If you got you know negative people around you um, that are not helping you out, number one, fix yourself. Figure out. Am I being unrealistic? And then when you get good friends, good friends and partners will call you out and you'll mess up once in a while. You're human and you may not realize what you're doing. So you need to self-correct first and not judge, you know, these other people. And then you can kind of move forward and then work with good people in order to convert whatever business you have going on. You know, we all have the ability to do great stuff. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm married. I'm divorced. I had very beautiful women. I dated. I had them diss me real bad as soon as my money went around. You know, uh, um, I had uh, uh, male male friends that just did me wrong and all this other stuff. You know what? It's half my fault. You know why? I hung out with those people. I dated this person. It's at least half my fault. You know. Uh, you know we need to choose better and do right. So. That's kind of my moral of the thing. So that book on the edge of failure has a lot of those like real stories that happen and stuff, you know, and even we'll even have things like um, uh, what I want to do. My, my next book is going to be called the LinkedIn Red Book is professional about how to convert on LinkedIn. But the, on the edge of failure, if I get a chance to write that, it's going to talk about all the funny stuff, too. I have my friend, uh, a good friend of mine, Tahoe. And she's a, a big gay girl. She's like, um, uh, and uh, she's like a stud, stud, that's the word. And I said, you know, it'd be funny if we had a web series. She said, yeah, we can do a web series. And it's, and it's, and, uh, it's called Tahoe and Troy trying to find love, uh, finding love in Atlanta. So you got, you got a big, big gay girl and you got an Asian dude. <laughs> and she has a, a um, she's missing a leg. So she comes out like it's a skit. She comes out, says, Troy, I told you not to mess with that girl. She's gay. And I said, not anymore. And then she throws her, throws her fake leg at me. Right. So that's the opening scene. <laughs> so, but you can have a cool web series where these two people are really trying to make it. So they show the highs and lows of you know what happens in Atlanta and how foul people are and things like that. And I think things like that are not just entertainment. They're, they're edutainment because they, they show like, look, these people are on the hustle. They have made, made some mistakes. They're trying to make things happen. They live this kind of lifestyle. How can they live this kind of lifestyle and, and, and all this other stuff happen? You know, how did they correct themselves? So a lot of these things are just cool business ideas. So that's where I want to get to the point where I have money coming in from the courses. I have money coming in from the clients. I'm going to do this web excuse me, do these web series. Um, do stuff. I actually want to create a dating service for LinkedIn. You know how many divorced white dudes want to date outside? They, they get their kids are grown. They're 45 to 60. They're lonely. They got money, but they have no swag. Sometimes they just need a date. They need to get out. That's another business idea. Can you imagine, you know, that, uh, that potential market there? So there's so many different things you can do. You just can't do them all at once, you know. So keep, you know, keep your dreams alive and work through these things and just work with good people and be a good person. You know, I had people tell me about myself. 
you know, I had someone say, you know, Troy, this is a long time ago. She says, I was in, a, I was, I had to get, I had to get psychic, uh, what, what do they call it? When they go into psychiatric help. I said, I did that to you. <laughs> I said, what? So this girl had to go to a hospital and be checked in. And this is many years ago when I was younger, right? Many years ago I was younger. I was ignorant as hell. And then she wanted to get back on. I said, no. She says, why not? She says, we're compatible. We're physically compatible, right? Oh, yeah, it was great in the bedroom, you know, and she's a good person, all this other stuff. But I had to think, no, Troy, you can't do that. We're better friends than lovers because I sent you to the hospital. I didn't even know. And I, I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to hurt people. So I would rather be your friend than, than, have some fun you know what i mean because that's morally wrong if i didn't know any better but she told me about it and she corrected me and i got it you know i kind of understood i'm like you know what yeah i'm I'm kind of you know i'm in my own zone sometimes you know and and by doing that you i, I damaged her i said no i can't do that i said I'll help you with your business though I'm gonna help you, you know, be successful in this area, you know, because I know you. I know you're gonna do certain things well, and and I helped her, you know. So you you have to have a, a moral standing, and that's the fact that you're not gonna make any mistakes. But you gotta have that. That's that core that people are gonna be attracted by, you know, the the real people, you know, the people. If you lose your money or something go left, they can kind of push you in the right direction. They said, Troy, you know what you said in the meeting? They said, Yeah. You should have said it. You need those people to tell you. Because sometimes, again, you're, you're ignorant. You know, you can, sometimes you have to get out of your own way to, to make stuff happen. So that's my uh, that's my uh, moral of the story. <laughs> All right, it's almost eleven thirty. So then we go stop it right there. Awesome. Yes. So thank you again for joining the podcast. We'll let people know where they can find you, find your services. Yeah, if you go on LinkedIn and look for Troy Hippolito, that's T-R-O-Y. My last name is H-I-P-O-L-I-T-O. Um, I'm the not-so-boring LinkedIn guy, so I'm very easy to find on there. Uh, feel free, uh, send a connection request, but please tell me you were listening to the podcast or some information because if you just send me a connection request and I don't know who you are, I will not accept it. So I want to connect with good people. All right, and I also have a show uh, ask about it. It's called the Choice Show. It's on LinkedIn. Um, it's a LinkedIn event. It's a Zoom, kind of like this right here. But we only take on a hundred people a month. We have a, I think, close to three or four thousand people that are registered. But look that up on LinkedIn as well, and uh, they're all, you know, all go ahead and um, uh, subscribe to it. It's, it's once a month. All right. Thank you again. Thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you. I really appreciate the time. That brings another episode of Let's Get Podcast so close. Again, you can find more information about Troy Hippolito by clicking the link in the description below. For next week, I'll have my friend Francis on the podcast. Hope you tune in Wednesday, and I hope to see you there.